0: Guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me.
1: I like building something that has legacy.
0: First podcast in September. It feels like busy season. People are back to school. Uh, the weather is getting a little bit better, although it was very foggy today. And it just feels like we're gonna have a real busy few months ahead. But what doesn't stop in Dubai is real estate and construction. Uh, This week's guest is an independent developer, really brilliant interview, impressive guy, uh, impressive company, and you'll hear all about it. Uh, But I wanted to point you out to, if you like this podcast, uh, we interviewed similar development companies like this before, one was Prescott Real Estate, and Zezan, uh properties as well. Uh, so if you like this and you wanna know a little bit more about real estate, uh, in terms of the private developers, you can check them out. We also interviewed uh, bigger development companies like Alec as well, uh, but that's just a couple of previous podcasts if you like this. Enjoy the conversation. another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week I'm joined by Mr. Atif Rahman. He is the founder and chairman of Oro24 Developments. So they're a real estate firm that specializes in developments, uh, facility management and investments. We're going to hear all about how they started. Uh, We're going to talk about the real estate market in Dubai and then look to the future. Good morning, Atif. Good morning, Richard. And good morning, everyone. And welcome to the show. Welcome to the Dubai Works Podcast. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about Oro24? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Richard, if
1: if if I really tell you the the story behind the birth of this organization, it was led by how Dubai has transformed as a city. And I always say this, that uh, Dubai for me is one of the top three destinations of the world. And it's very unique because Dubai and UAE at large, you know, is, is very, very different because the rest of the world, you would find that the private sector is ahead of the government. But here... It's totally opposite. The government is ahead of the private sector and we're always catching up. Interesting perspective. Didn't hear someone put that before, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it's, it's visionary and, and it's uh, very purposeful and it's very uh, delivery led, uh, the governance over here, you know, and that is what makes the city absolutely stunning. And the reason behind what has happened over the last two, three decades, the speed of implementation, speed of achievement from absolute nothing to a brilliant city, a world-class city. You know, you look at the infrastructure, you look at the trade liberalization, you look at immigration reforms, you look at the crisis management that happened during the pandemic. I mean, every aspect of it is absolutely pristine and it's happening at a very fast pace. And I don't think the story of Dubai can ever be repeated because it's, it's just perfect combination of uh, visionary leadership, the government sector, coming together so that's what inspired me you know to build Oro24 because it's uh, it's it's something that has to complement how the city is progressing how the city is advancing in terms of real estate and everything else around it and you know I, I always say this real estate is something uh, uh, mother's milk and real estate is something that you're uh, acquainted to from your childhood from the time of your birth you know the place you are born in is a hospital, which is a real estate, isn't it? And uh, whether we, we agree or not, but real estate is something that everyone knows. You know, everyone knows what is a door. Everyone knows what is a ceiling, a floor, a tile, marble, yeah. everything. You know, real estate is embedded in your life, you know. Yeah. And when you look at the city of Dubai, I think it is it is delivering one of the finest class of real estate. I call it the library of architecture, the city of Dubai is, <laughs> yeah, you know? nice. and you see amazing architecture, amazing uh, advancements that are happening in the real estate sector. So that is what actually inspired me to form Oro24. It's a tech-led real estate development company, forward integrated into facilities management. We've got uh, multiple verticals that we're looking at. We're looking at affordable housing, which in my opinion is the backbone of any economy because you're you're delivering it for the mid income segment which is the biggest portion of your population and uh, the biggest market segment as well you know so mm. that's uh, and it's, it's it's not easy because luxury segment you can still uh, you know you you have that uh, uh, that capacity by virtue of your top line to be able to experiment but you have to just optimize it to the perfect level if you are in mid income segment in terms of space planning in terms of design in terms of pricing in terms of uh, the empowerment of the consumer how they will be able to acquire that real estate mm. so as i said it's the city of dubai which inspired me to form oro 24 uh, led by what is happening in the city in terms of tech and real estate so it's a tech-led company uh, affordable housing uh, definitely we are looking at four other verticals which is uh, premium luxury uh, cohabitation business parks and hospitality step at a time but yes uh, we are fully established we are fully operational we launched the project. Uh, First gated complex of Arjan uh, was a rocking success. We're now in process of uh, uh, constructing it and also
0: launching next project. Interesting. Loads there. Brilliant. I like the analogies as well in Dubai. there will be good uh, takeouts of this podcast. Uh, So just kind of technically, you know, there's a lot of things there. So you're an independent developer. So you actually buy the plot, You get the funds together. Can you talk a little bit through that process?
1: yeah so typically you know uh, the 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 first raw material you require you know is is land you know and uh, when you look at uh, the the way infrastructure has been put together communities have been built uh, with the amenities and everything i think uh, it really helps you as a developer uh, to just focus on your real estate because the master developer and the government entities they're taking care of rest of the things in terms of infrastructure delivery and utilities being provided. So yes, you acquire the piece of land and you start doing construction. I'm 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 not of the belief of making standalone buildings because I think they're just a brick and mortar. It doesn't create that feeling of home for people, you know? So I like to develop community-led projects. Uh, that's what I try to do. So generally what I do is I I take a few pieces of land, few pieces of plot, combine it together, and then plan my project on top of it. Uh, it's something that I owe to my grandfather. He taught me construction while I was growing up. So I, I, I just imbibe and then uh, just, just put into practice what he's taught me, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I never forget one of the very, very uh, important statement he told me and used to tell me uh, time and again, son, remember before engineering and technology, it's about common sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and it's so true yeah because by virtue of engineering a door opening left or right both are right mm. both are correct but then there's only one which is right in terms of convenience in terms of usability you know mm. and that comes when you uh, put in the common sense you know the orientation of of the property how you have created that space
0: planning you know within the uh, within the asset class or within the property that you're developing so yeah so the so the plots themselves, because we've had a few independent developers on before, and there's, yeah. you know, people are used to Dubai, and we can talk about the industry, but, you know, when you're coming up with Oro24, do you need a lot of funds? Did you need to get funds together? Uh, you know, did you start out with... The development side, or did you start out with facility management, and how how did that happen, and kind of what year did you start, Richard?
1: I've been doing business for twenty one years, and in different partnerships. So basically, in Oro Twenty Four, I have put in my, I've invested my twenty one years of, you know, wealth and experience into this organization. Uh, so it's a new it's a new venture
0: it's yeah yeah so i
1: started this organization exactly 10 months ago nice it's over 100 million dollars already uh in that short period of time we build our headquarters from trade licenses to building our headquarters to launching the project uh, selling it out and starting the construction and going on to the next one wow uh you know when you when you look at uh the real estate development it is capital intensive generally yeah Uh, but my, in my opinion, it's not the only option. And then you will see more of this happening in the future because, uh, there are a lot of people who have acquired land. They're sitting on land. They don't know how to monetize that land. We come in with our expertise of design to delivery, create a project, sell it out, build it, and, exit everyone you know and then you make it sound so simple <laughs> it, it is simple uh, yeah. you know it is it is as complicated as you want to make it yeah you know? and yes it is multi-layered it is uh, it is uh, a complex industry but you know if you have the addiction of doing real estate i mean i can't live without that that action at the site you know it mm-hmm. just excites me it no, motivates me it's uh, it's something that it's it's part of my life mm-hmm. you know so if you if you were to put me for a year inside an office and air conditioning I'd work. probably be having some yeah. <laughs> medical issues of depression, you know, yeah. because I, I need that construction. Yeah. I need that construction because it's something exciting. And you know the beauty about this industry? You drive down the street and say, you
0: know, we built that. Mm. How many industries actually give you that opportunity? You can see it. Yeah. And as if are you are you hands on? Like you, you mentioned lots of other businesses, but it, from the construction background, is that what you worked in in your first job or did you study construction or do you like to be on the site from that point of view? Do you like to see how things are being built?
1: So Richard, uh, on the contrary, you know, actually I was uh, from a very early age, you know, very young age, I was taught construction. I mean, on ammonia print, which is not even uh, a lot of people would not be familiar with it, you know, because ammonia print was the age when there was no autocad, you know, and you can't afford to make mistake. And and then if you if you if you uh, speak to passionate uh, real estate people, construction people, the smell of that paper is so so intoxicating. Is this it's,
0: from an architectural d- design yeah, drawing drawings? Like, view, yeah. yeah okay. So
1: started from there, and yeah. then obviously you know uh, now today you have CAD and everything. You know when you when you are uh, creating these real estate projects, you know what helps is your acumen of. Uh, construction definitely I'll tell you why you take a piece of land and you start planning a project right it looks architecturally beautiful Mm. but whether it is possible to build it or not it is actually decided by the construction methods and construction rules right so if you combine it together you are making practically attractive projects that is and, and 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 in process of that you can also do cost optimization by design efficiency value engineering so all of that definitely helps me, and uh, I owe it to my grandfather and my father how they taught me construction. On the contrary, I studied computer science, hmm. <laughs> so uh, it was more of a more of a uh, kind of a rebel kind of a decision to not follow construction. After I graduated in computer science, I realized that you know my heart still goes for construction. Hmm. You know whether I was at university when I was. Uh, you know, working on my software programming. This is the late 90s, you know, when there was a dot-com boom. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, I I actually failed in one of my papers in the first semester, mm. you know. Uh, and that uh, that I always believe is one of the defining moments of my life because uh, it it helped me understand that life will not keep throwing opportunities at you. Mm. It's very important that when you come across an opportunity, you grab it, you make the most out of it, you know. So after having, in the first semester, after having failed in, is a brilliant university, BIT, Brilla Institute of Technology, Mesra. You can imagine 720 acres on a hilltop. It's mesmerizing, you know. Oh, wow. Wait, where is that? That's in India, you know, in the eastern part of India. Okay, nice. And uh, the city the city adjacent to it, uh, mm. is, it the place where this university is, it's a very small town or more like a village. It's mm. called Mesra adjacent city is rachi okay you know and uh, it's on a hilltop it's it's really mesmerizing atmosphere. Nice. yeah yeah
0: good place to study oh, inspiring
1: space yeah as you were studying between the woods you know we had the uh, you know uh, very tall trees all across uh, the campus it was beautiful and you know when when you when you in that kind of atmosphere it can get the better of you you know and and you can get carried away that's what happened with me first semester i failed in one of the papers i realized you know what i got to get serious about my life you know it's high time that i i really focus myself and i i still remember not a single summer or winter break i would go back home for more than a week i'd still stay back and still study work on different projects you know while i was doing that you know i could i could feel that you know what yes this is interesting i was excelling and you know in a batch of 408 students i passed out with distinction and there were only five people who had distinction so from a failure to that little success it was uh, it was journey and it taught me a lot of things and the importance of hard work in terms of being honest with yourself in what you're trying to achieve you know yeah. and i i was pretty good at it you know i still remember my first project that i did was for park grid uh, park grid corporation of india limited it was for transformer maintenance and life brought me back in construction, and uh, I, I I could feel that passion about doing construction more than writing software programs, you know. Uh, and that's where you know I said, you know what? I think this is where I would follow my dreams. Uh, done that. I think today, if I look back, that experience and education in tech helps me create that innovation in real estate. Mm. So I wouldn't say it was a bad decision. It was uh, accidental. seems to have come (laughs) together nicely in the end,
0: especially, yeah. Because I think, you know, that that is one of the things, isn't it? If you're fully in construction, even if you do something, you know, obviously everything is digital now and a lot of sort of uh, different uh, parts of the real estate ecosystem have been digitized. But generally, if you're a construction person, if you're kind of bricks and mortar person, then it's hard to sort of understand code and start to understand software and things like that. Yeah. It's not necessarily hard, they're just different things. So um, when you say that Oro24 is a tech company as well, how does that come into it? So, so everything that we do
1: at Oro24 is led by tech. We have, uh, uh, you know, I've invested in one of the finest Oracle ERP system. Uh, when, as, as, as people enter inside the uh, office premises, uh, the the attendance and the payroll happens through face recognition. There's nothing, there's no biometrics and uh, scanning your car. Really? Now nothing. Wow. It's all face recognition. Wow. You know, and we have geofencing inside the office. So it's like, uh, I, I and you'd see it uh, coming on my phone as well as a security feature. So if, if you leave something on the telecounter, mm. right, immediately it would alert if it is left over there for a certain seconds, you know, two seconds, something like that. Wow you know so it's everything you know we incorporate a lot of bim data you know uh, into that? the design so billing uh, billing information management you know yeah. so the bim data is uh, you collect data from the historically built uh, you know real estate and then you try to incorporate it you know into the new design philosophies mm. uh, so all of it to, just to improvise efficiency and to 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 carry that learning whether it was, say, for example, in terms of architectural efficiency, construction efficient, efficiency, energy efficiency, all of these are are, are 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 aspects which will make your real estate smarter
0: and a better asset class. You know, interesting. So, um, and is that that's your building, it's your office, but the building that you've created and you released to the public, which yeah. is well, you mentioned, Forzan, was it
1: uh, Arjan? So Arjun. The last one is an Arjan.
0: Arjan. Yeah. So. Is that also this way smart home? Is, has it got technology in it?
1: Yeah. So uh, I I always uh, uh, you know add one more word when I talk about smart home or sustainability, and that's yeah. called practical sustainability and practical smart home. Because uh, you know what happens is you have to you have to keep that balance. Uh, I'm 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 a business, and and I have to create success for the consumer for everyone. Like what I say to my management, for us to be successful. We just need to ensure that everyone beneath us is successful whether it's a consumer the contractors the subcontractors the suppliers our staff employees employees uh, the brokers everyone if everyone is successful we'll be successful yeah and for that to happen it's very very important that we're creating that optimized value so if i was to take a project and take it to the extreme of sustainability maybe commercially it is not viable and people cannot acquire it and hence it would not convert into a practical success and that's where I say practical sustainability and it's something that you cannot achieve overnight you know you have to create a balance an equilibrium between the commercial aspect of it and also the value proposition you you plug it together you know in balance it is a success Mm. so yes we work on the smart so smart home is not like uh, uh, I would love to do it but uh, the capital expenditure would shoot up and hence the acquisition cost would go up and hence
0: I would not be able to cater successfully to the mid-income segment. You segment you're going yeah. to have to. So yeah. you don't go all out into it but you definitely consider many elements in oh, terms absolutely. of efficiencies and absolutely. things like that. And what are some of those elements that you've considered for this uh, building for uh, Arjan? As in, what are some of the efficiencies that you put in there? Say, sustainability. Uh,
1: I, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Uh, let's say, for example, whenever we talk about making it sustainable, generally we think, uh, you know, energy efficient lighting, LED lighting, sensor operated. I think we 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 kind of are slightly beyond that. Uh, like for example, our glass and aluminium. You know, the way we have developed the system, it kills four decibel additional noise. It kills that noise. You know, so generally. Your glass uh, uh, is 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 giving you a thirty decibel, you know, noise cancellation. It's taken it to thirty four decibels. Okay. By achieving that, we are also able to achieve better weatherproofing. So you have less heat from outside coming inside. Hence, the performance of your HVAC unit, the air conditioning unit, is better. Mm. You know, uh, then we've gone into air flush tanks. You know where. Average flush tanks are consuming between 8 to 10 liters of water mm. uh, in the WCs. Uh, R is expected to perform between 5 to 6 liters of uh, you know uh, wow. uh, water uh, because it's aerated and with the pressure. Uh, we've gone into uh, the the uh, waste, uh, uh, not sorry, the gray water treatment plant, mm. uh, which is uh, serviced back into the community, uh, used in the landscape areas. So all of these, and, and then uh, let's say, for example, on the periphery of the community, uh, we, we it's, it's a ground-up building, so there's no basement, you know, and that's a beautiful opportunity because it allows me to plant more trees around the periphery of the, at the boundary of the project, so we have uh, chosen to do it, uh, 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 we, we've chosen to plant neem trees, which improves the quality of air that you uh, breathe, uh, so that's encircling the entire project, you know, so many such things and there's no end to it and and to be honest you know Richard, i i strongly feel that it's not something that we can uh boast about it's our it's our uh, ethical responsibility Gigi, towards yeah. yes it's 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 our duty exactly because mm. it's towards a consumer towards a city towards a nature and look at today's world well. you know we're talking about uh, global warming and things like that
0: yeah i think it's interesting that the guest last week came from the sort of services salons industry and he also spoke of sustainability in this way. And what, from you uh, as well, I, I get the sense that it is possible to make changes that's within decisions on how you set up your business Mm. and what the offering that you provide Mm. to your eventual customers, but you need that level of expertise. And those three, four examples that you shared showed such a detail, you know, knowing exactly how much a flush is versus what you can do if you change something like, you know, I think that that's the expertise that's needed to be more sustainable, right?
1: See, there there are two, two ways a business can exist. Uh, I, I create a business and throw it in the hands of a few experts and I don't know what's happening. Uh, the other way is that we develop our skills. We have certain skills. We develop those skills and we bring in some real good uh, knowledge, bank and expertise onto the business and we run it together. I prefer this one. We mm-hmm. take pride in what we're building. And it's, it, it links back to the kind of passion you carry about business. Whatever, even if I'm selling a cup of tea. Uh, or 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 I'm making real estate, or I was in any other trade. I think that that passion of creating something different, it's 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 mm. really addictive. Mm. And uh, when you're doing that, uh, it transforms your business. Where instead of you taking your business for trade outside and trying to sell it, people come and buy it because they they can they can sense the value they're going to get from you. Mm. You know, so that's what we're trying to do. So, I mean, you know. It, it, Typically, if, if it's very simple, if you create a good business platform, it's a secured business platform, it is delivering great product with commercial value, how in this world it will not be successful? And why in this world it will not be successful? Yes, you have to externalities, macroeconomic factors, (laughs) (laughs) things you can't control. So, 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 so when you when you when when I said a secured business platform, I precisely mean that that you had the foresight of the business and 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 how the economy is going to transform, the global impact, all of it. You know. Yeah. Uh, So, like for example, I I I strongly believe in this, and I, I I you know I, I i try to educate my management in this mm. that we need to have a foresight of next 12 months what is going to happen in the local and global economy mm. you know so I, I like for example you know it, it, it's 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 about how you you try to gather the data you know and you can't just be relying on certain reports and research for you to be able to come to that conclusion mm. you have to do a lot of your, uh, your organic research like I was clear this this year in the summer, I wanted to be in the west coast uh because the west coast of u s you know really in a way defines the global sentiment of economies mm. there's a lot of money that trades between Los Angeles to vancouver mm. you know it's it's a hub you know, and it really starts from there, you know I wanted to be there and think of things and see exactly what is happening, you know. When I see that uh, there are a lot of commercial offices wakened, that's an indicator. Mm. That's an indicator.
0: Mm.
1: And 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 uh, later on, I was I was glad that uh, when I had collected these data and was trying to establish how the economy is going to move forward, it was published in the econom- Economist as well. And then mm. that's that's what it's about. You know, it's it's a constant learning process. You mm. you're constantly educating yourself collecting these data. So when you look at that, when you talk about those macro factors, macro and micro factors, uh, yes, it has impact. Mm. Uh, but as a business, you should have the prudence to largely indemnify and insure yourself against those.
0: Okay. So Interesting. That's is, yeah. Yeah, I'll touch a little bit more on the industry because that's a really nice observation. Um, how did you come up with the name? Uh, oro twenty four. It's it's uh, oro
1: is the Italian of gold. So it was something very uh, very natural. Actually, I'll, I'll share with you. We had something else in our mind for the name of the organization. So that so that's oro twenty four. So like twenty four karat gold. Yes. Okay. So so it, yeah. it so happened that we, as I said, you know, there's something else we had decided as the name of the organization, and it was constantly back of my mind that no, I'm not hundred percent convinced about it. Uh, was what was it? Uh, it was supposed to be AR developments, okay. you know. Uh, so that's the my holding company, AR Ventures. So this is your initials, yeah. Yeah, and and actually, it's it's not my initial. I I like I uh, there's uh, you know uh, the beauty of being ordinary is amazing. I don't want to ever lose that. Yeah, and then. And, uh, uh you know I, I actually say this the luxury of
0: being ordinary is extremely priceless <laughs> you don't want to lose it no yeah <laughs> so it's Hang not about it. a- it's a- not R- about you so, but that's no. that's it was kind of a a name that didn't have any other reference and you yeah. kind of changed it so it's 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 actually the ar-rahma
1: you know which is one of the uh the the aspects or 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 unique ah. aspects of god and i feel that uh, you know that covers everything you know, if you're getting grandma blessing from God, you know, so that's what it was from. Okay. So AR Ventures was the holding company. And I thought, okay, AR developments make sense and everything, you know, so we were going ahead with it. I couldn't sleep one night. Mm -hmm. It became so disturbing for me that I literally could not sleep one night. I was convinced that no, it's not sounding right. It's not something that consumer will be able to relate to, you know, and whatever we do in business if you are not consumer sensitive in the way we serve coffee, in the way we design a projects, in the way we deliver the SPAs, uh, like we've uh, we bought a very unique uh, solution for that. I'll talk about it. It's something very unique. You know, so uh, I, I was convinced that this is not, you know, uh, it, it's not going to be exciting or something interesting, something attractive, something pleasing for my consumer. If it is not, let's not do it. Mm. Because end of the day, whatever you're doing as a business It's for the consumer. Mm. And if you remove the consumer, any business and every business is a failure. So I couldn't sleep. Literally, I could not sleep one night. And I still have that list on my phone. I stayed up all night. and I was making names. I was searching names, you know. I was clear on one thing that I don't want something which is, you know, uh, local, regional, or uh, sounds Asian or Indian. No, I I wanted something that is global because Mm. Dubai is a global city, Mm. you know it's a potboiler of, you know, close to 200 nationalities, you Mm. know. And we looked at 70 plus different names, you know. I had actually uh, kind of uh, filtered down to two of them, you know. Uh, And now that we've Got a name. I don't want to talk about the other way that, that, that we. <laughs> but have I in see mind. the logo on your yeah the brooch you're wearing it's on your Oh, You don't very want not,
0: very catchy. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it made sense because from the city of gold, twenty four carat gold real estate. Yeah, always the Italian of gold, and twenty four is the twenty four carat is the purest form. Yeah, so it's the quality and purity combined together. Amazing. So,
0: so but then you know you have the name and you you, you have all this experience. You know construction. Uh, Two kind of questions. You do facility management, you do development. How then do you sort of turn that into a business that people know what you stand for in a a city that's used to these big master developers? Like, how, How do you have that vision to kind of go, we're going to be one of the next development companies here?
1: So uh, so in, in terms of uh, visually, uh, it's very simple. If you see, we use the carrot sign on top of the 24. So it looks like a real estate very naturally, even a kid can say that. Yeah. So Oro24 definitely something got to do with uh, real estate. And then we add the vertical, which is development uh, for this one. So Oro24 developments, I think it becomes very natural for people to understand. I think the world is big and it has space for everyone. You know. So uh, while, while there are master developers, uh, I think master developers and and the the private developers it's they they coexist we coexist in the city you know and uh i i I fill in the gap that a master developer cannot do it because uh of many reasons you know, and then obviously the master developers are creating communities they are selling plots, and they want the private developers to come and build on it so i mean it's it's as I said, the world is big, there's space for everyone <laughs> we get kind of fitted in the system uh we we if you ask me would you want to do a master community yes i would love to do one day uh
0: are we ready for it today we're in the process of it nice Uh, yeah so that's how it is and in in the uh, you know when i did different interviews in real estate on, on this podcast over the last couple of years i always found the interviews with the private developers really interesting because you know, you think it's sort of locked up and you can't enter. It's like owning a media company here. Well, from the outside, I thought I thought so. I, sorry, you were shaking your head. But, yeah. you know, I thought, um, I didn't know that there was such a kind of a tr- driving kind of private development companies here. And I found it so interesting with how they, they would find a plot within maybe a master development or near it or in the side and come up with something unique, a unique proposition. It seemed to be where a lot of the innovation was. Is that space more competitive it, you know if there's a plus uh you know is it hard to sort of are there lots of people trying to do what you're doing yep it's competitive Definitely. it is competitive but then if you are different if you're unique if you
1: are uh if you're passionate about a business if you are incorporating sustainability and innovation uh, we create our own little market you mm-hmm. know uh so i think that's the the reality about every business it's like uh, when you see when you when you drive around a community and you see uh, a, a grocery store opening exactly opposite another grocery store, you know, I think there is appetite, and that's why it is happening. Uh, same goes for the private developers. It's good to have competition. It keeps you on your toes. It pushes you to yeah. a- excel and think different. So I love that. And if you if you if you ask me to go and do. Uh, You know, I mean, why? Why I love this city and why I love doing development in this city is because it makes it possible, and there's a lot of competition. Yeah. So, from the government side, the regulatory framework, uh, the different government entities who are involved in giving you approvals and uh, you know land and everything, they're extremely, extremely business friendly. Mm. The best you would find across the world. I mean, if I was doing this in any developed world, it would take me anything between six, nine, maybe 12 months to just get my approvals. Mm. I can reach there in one month's time. Mm. It's so cleanly defined everything like the Dubai Building Code or the Dubai Development Control Regulation. They are very, very, very cleanly defined. So if you have that, it just makes your life easy because you have everything that there's no unknown. Everything is cleanly defined and you have a government departments Uh, you have the government departments which are supporting you going through that process Uh, beautiful infrastructure you know ever improving real estate catalyst you know like look at the museum of future Mm. it's a marvel it's Mm. a marvel you know it was intriguing it was so exciting to just see it get built Mm. you know like I, I would always think how the hell They're going to do the cladding of the bottom of the top curve. Are they going to take cranes? No, there's Emirates towers on the other side. How would they take? And you see a scaffolding which was suspended down and the work happened. Wow. Yeah. It always, you know, it was very interesting, you know. (laughs) That's the city. That's our city. Like when you look at the frame, you are in a desert. You have ice skating, not... After the boom, no, this is there since 2005 in mm. Mall of Emirates. Mm. You you go around the city, it, like Dubai Safari. You look at the Palm Street Island Park. itself, you know. Yeah, everything in, in this is there's a certain standard Dubai follows, mm. you know. And uh, when you came to Dubai, when I came to Dubai, there was no training course that we were given that okay in Dubai this is how you do things. But you just get embedded in that culture of excelling of. Mm uh doing something different something innovative that's in in the in the air of the city you know it helps you push that boundary right Mm. and there is government support so uh, going back to the real estate sectors you have the dcrs and all the regulations clearly defined you have the government entities supporting you and the competition which is keeping you on your toes so i think that's the best way to exist if you put me somewhere you know, I don't know whether I would get that support from the government or not. Mm. No, because His Sheikh Mohammed uh, bin Rashid and His Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, they're very clear mm. in in their in 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 the uh, uh, support that has to be created for the private sector. Yeah, they set an example, and many are looking at it now, aren't they? Yeah, it it, it is it is a unique example for the entire world in terms of mm. leadership, in terms mm. of how. A city and in, a in real estate as well, like yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and and you know, having spent eighteen years in the city in real estate, uh, Richard, yeah. it wasn't always like this. You know, uh, you know what makes Dubai uh, very, very—I uh, would say—the most astonishing, most amazing success story uh, of Dubai is that two thousand eight, when the global recession happened, every every country was suffering. Every country was suffering. If there were certain countries who were surviving, four or five of them, it was because of the corrupt economy, the parallel economy. Then it's proven, right? Mm. But the mainstream economy, everyone was suffering. But Dubai was singled out in terms of, and uh, um, obviously rightly so, because if you if I go and say XYZ countries X Y Z country is struggling, no one would be interested in that news. But somehow. Dubai has been media's
0: favorite child, you know? Everyone yeah. loves to talk about Dubai. Love <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> Loving Dubai no. as well, yeah. yeah. So, if just, uh, you know, how, how do you spend your time and, you know, also uh, the business, for people to understand what's, you know, crude question, but where are the margins? Is the margin in development or is it in facility management? And does that make you decide on the split of your business and your time? Uh, no, no. So, so it, it goes hand in hand. It
1: complements each other. And I, 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 firmly believe, uh, bottom line is just the result. Don't worry about it. You yeah. do your feasibilities numbers and then you focus on the process. I've, I've, I've said this, uh, I, I think at least for good 12, 14 years. Uh, the more you try to become result oriented, the more chances, uh, the more are the chances of failure. The more you are driven by process, Higher the chances of success mm. because you're mastering the process, right? Which takes you to that result. A result is just an outcome. So is bottom line. I have never been. I and I wish to never be a bottom line driven person or a business. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't. I can't operate in that kind of function. I'm a value driven
0: business, and that's what we always want. But to But cash be. is king, and cash flow is important. So yes. you have to have an eye on this. And like what you what your bottom line is allows. The next stage is an investment. Uh, you're absolutely right, Richard. But then, as I said, if you're creating value,
1: your top line is intact. You have your process to optimize and control the cost, True. do the delivery. Your bottom line is an outcome.
0: Mm. You China. would reach
1: there. You would get it. Mm. You know, the more I'll give you example. You know, uh, when I said it's a multi-layered industry, so I launch a project, right, and it's a rocking success. That's a great, great news, right? It is, and it is not. Because it is because you have uh, insurance, you've sold out. But then the other side is that your top line is locked now. Mm. You can't go back to the consumer and say, sorry, guys, can I get X more for the properties you bought? No, you can't do that. Mm. The top line is locked. Now, your delivery starts happening after the sale. Mm. Right? What if there is a phenomenal cost inflation? Mm. You get my point? So... Now, when I'm doing my tendering and the steel, for example, like right now in the in the current season, the freight cost the freight cost has gone up, uh, the cost of steel has gone up, commodities in general, and mm. steel and uh, copper, you know. So you might not realize that, but generally people talk about steel. Yes, steel rebar and structural steel goes into the building, and it's high volume. So yes, there's impact. But there's impact because of copper, because of your cables, the electrical cables that you're using. Uh, the cost of freight for every finishing material because not not a lot is produced over here in terms of uh, the finishing products and that's another great opportunity for the buy in terms of uh, manufacturing. manufacturing industries mm. you know mm. bringing those manufacturing industries because uh, like like you have steels mm. uh, steel we don't have iron ore over here the mm. pellets are brought over here it's rolled over here and then it's delivered to the sites so there's a great opportunity over there so now if there's a cost inflation what do you do So I'll say, no, my bottom line has to be intact. I'll wait for the steel prices to go down. Hmm. Yeah, it will go down because, you know, when you talk about inflation, uh, I have never seen a cost inflation or any form of inflation survive more than two years time. Hmm. It would come down. Hmm. It will saturate. It will subside, you Hmm. know. So till when does the price of any commodity, any product keeps going up until it reaches a saturation point where people say, no, I don't want to buy. Right? Right. So now your demand is declining Mm. and because of the high, the supply was being increased, right? It reaches the, you know, the down curve on the demand and supply and starts coming down. Mm. So there is opportunity. I can wait and let the prices go down and then deliver the product. Do I want to be like that? No, Mm. no, because if you want to be successful in real estate development, While there, there's certain very important decisions you need to make, land acquisition. Once you buy the piece of land, you can't change it. You can't change the location of the real estate, right? So the location is a very, very important aspect of the real estate that you're trying to build. That you cannot change. Second, keep your focus on exit. There are many things in between, but if you've identified the right piece of land, done the right design and placed it right commercially, you know, it's a sellout. You have got your contingencies in place and you've gone through that tendering process, selecting the right contractor, you know, and we have a very unique process how we select the contractors as well. And we've done that. And we we work in coalition, in partnership, not against each other at the site as a partnership. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exit the project, you're successful.
0: We've in exit.
1: that journey, yeah. there will be a lot of ups and downs, micro and macro yeah. that you would experience because it's happening, happening over a period of time,
0: you know. Yeah, conscious conscious of time a little bit. You mentioned the SPA solutions. Uh, can you tell us a bit about how you approach? Yeah, it just got delivered, and I love <laughs> it. Uh,
1: I, I love I love real estate, and as as, <laughs> as as much as I love tech side of it as well. Yeah, it's a it's a very unique machine we've got delivered. Uh, so it it prints and secure binds an SPA in less than fifty seconds, up to hundred pages. Okay, so you give the print command. Printing starts, and what you get in 50 seconds is a secure-bounded SBA.
0: And the SBA is the full drawings and full, a, full, 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 ev- yeah. everything for the property. Yeah, the long-form
1: agreement. Okay, nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's a massive machine. It's about three meter long. Yeah. And I love it because it, it... And then, you know, whatever you do, uh, it has to have a sense of branding as well, Yeah, quality. Uh, so it, it really brands it up very nicely. It's got secure binding. No one can, you know... Uh, play with it, mm. and up to 100 pages in 50 seconds. Mm. The speed to quality to security, everything.
0: Very cool. Uh, marketing. When you say you sell out quickly, how do you do that? You never try to sell out quickly. Or is you, you sell out fully, and your yeah, sell about, out sorry. fully
1: is the right way. Okay. And uh, never try to sell it out quickly because mm. I end up selling it to the wrong consumer. Okay, you know, let it happen in an organic way. Yes, you keep a certain timelines, like our sale velocity. Generally, I have two quarters in mind, mm. but we want to select the customers as much as the customer wants to select us. It is, it is, it's it's a joint decision making process. And if we see, if we come across, so I'll, I'll share with you, Richard, there's nothing called target in my organization mm. because we are not a result oriented company. And yet we sell our projects because my entire sales and business development department operates more like consultants for the consumer there's no pressure of numbers on them, and hence they are able to bring the right customer into the business and take the property to the right consumer who actually wants it, no? who needs it? Approach, so yeah. that you know what that does is it keeps your default and, and uh, delinquencies in control. You have uh, you know a smooth sale through the process of constructing that uh, real estate, mm-hmm. and you're able to exit smoothly mm-hmm. instead of uh, just trying to sell it out. I mean I if I believe in it I know people will come and buy it. Mm. you know and if I don't believe in it I would be it will be like a fireball
0: you know just <laughs> I want to throw it what what about uh what next what do you have lined up what's coming for 24
1: you know with every every day I I uh, you know spend my life in real estate industry I I realize how important it is to look at sustainability Carry that responsibility and duty of delivering something which is sustainable, something that is led by community, uh, some, you know a product, uh, a real estate that, we, that will excel in design. We're never in rush of launching the next one. Okay You want to build our ecosystem, which is and, and you know you can understand it's not just about launching projects, I'm building my ecosystem parallelly as well. It's about that design excellence. It's about that cost optimization, so it's 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 happening right now on many projects. So we've got like sixty-seven different projects on the drawing board, of which I've filtered five, and most probably we'll be going live with one of them. But yes. no rush. So yeah. I, it's not again. If you if you there's, there's it that that philosophy that you follow has to be embedded in your system. So not the result, the process. Hmm. The process is when it's. We launch it when it's ready. Mm. When we're convinced, putting ourselves in the shoes of the consumer that, yes, at this price point, this is a good real estate. It fulfills my aspiration of uh, having my home. You know, it is delivering a community feeling. It is having that quality of life. It is having that space planning where I can, like we've created some unique things. You've been living here. I've been living here for, I came here. I lived in apartments, you know. Where was I keeping my suitcases? Mm. It was stuck beneath the bed on top of the cupboard. Uh, the last project that we launched, we understood that consumer need, mm. and I think it's 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 not about understanding the consumer. It's it was about realizing that consumer need, mm. and that's when you constantly trying to evolve as an organization. Right. Yeah, how we are going and to things. yeah, how we going to meet that consumer need, and it's 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 very unique, you know, because no two plots are same. Mm. Every plot is different, so the landscape is different, the ambience is different, the topography is different, and mm. you have to do full justice. So it's not like like a copy paste model and just move forward. No. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that's that's what that's, what that's we're your trying philosophy. To do. Yeah. yeah. Last question, Steve. You you know the region well. You know real estate well. Uh, you know there's a global factors that people are talking about economic. Changes, things like that. What's your outlook in the next few years? And I can't help but ask about Saudi Arabia. What's happening over there and developments as well? What's your view on sort of the opportunity in in the region? Uh, the
1: region, the region, in my opinion, still is a virgin opportunity. It's still an untapped market, mm. you know. And uh, when you look at UAE, uh, for example, uh, when you spoke about the global economy and the adversities, it'll continue to create benefit for UAE. You know why? Because you look at every aspect of it, you know, from, you know, it's, it's gone beyond that sentiment-driven market. It's a belief-driven market today. It's not just about uh, security and lifestyle and great shopping. No, it's a complete ecosystem that is operating over here. And it's not that, it's, it's not that it suddenly happened overnight. No, it was being built over the last two decades. We've all experienced it in the city, living in the city. You can... Where in this world you find a city where you drive uh, 30, 40 miles inside the desert and you'll see absolutely pristine quality of road networks, street lamps are on, secured. And if, if uh, I get stuck over there, I know a rescue team will arrive in no time. This is, this is a city, ecosystem of a city, of mm, a country, you mm, know. Mm. It's second to none. Mm and the global adversity the more you know you know when when the dubai and ui was it was like uh during especially between 2001 to 2010 you know it was like a contrasting story uh, the first half of it everyone wanted to be here and every wanted everyone wanted a piece of the real estate and towards the second half or i'd say the one third the last third of the decade Everyone was writing off, no, you know, it's finished and over and all that stuff, you know. It kept excelling. The current government kept spending on infrastructure, improving the regulatory framework. They never stopped. And that's what is amazing. It's created something which is unique. Hmm. Where would you find the quality of life that you get in Dubai? Nowhere else. Nowhere else, hmm. no. And when you've created that, it's the same thing what I spoke about real estate. You don't have to sell it, hmm. people will come and buy.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. so the
1: global adversity and the global economy yeah. will continue to push more and more traffic into the city you know
0: oh, very positive yeah. build it
1: and they will come yes build it build quality and they will build come I well. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and when you talk about saudi arabia and 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 the other countries in the region uh, obviously saudi arabia is is uh, is, is the uh, as equal opportunity uh, it will continue to boom, there's some uh, great uh, visionary leadership over there, uh, some some very innovative projects being planned over there. I was there, uh, I think uh, just beginning of Ramadan, I, before Ramadan started uh, again, I could see from Makkah redevelopment to Neom, uh, the Red Sea and uh, the Jeddah, uh, uh, R- Riyadh redevelopment project, all of it, it's stellar. Where, where it will have to focus on uh, as a country is that regulatory framework, you know, which is going to create protection for the investors. That's number one. Number two, how are you going to attract that global traffic? You know, uh, that I think is, is going to really define the success of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, from PIF to other entities, there's enough funds available over there. There is intent. Uh, very mm. strong intent there's some great projects i'm sure it will it will also shine bright Amazing. Uh, but obviously uh, regionally and globally now
0: yeah
1: uae is is ahead of everyone uae is the
0: one to to bet on and to get behind it's an inspiration for the entire world is uh, united it. arab emirates nice really positive note to finish on love the optimism this morning thanks satif and Pleasure. we look forward to seeing checking out Oro 24 seeing what you have in store Look forward, look forward. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That was a real fun conversation with Atif. I keep learning about real estate. I keep learning about Dubai. Really, is a real estate capital in many ways. Um, there's lots of I mentioned at the start, uh, development companies that we interviewed, but we've also interviewed Nomad Homes and a few other sort of ecosystem players like Property Finder uh, and uh, All and All Stop uh, real estate brokers. So there's a lot of podcast episodes, interviews on Dubai works about real estate as is a makeup of this city as well. Uh, Thank you to Ali and Shahir for producing, editing, and creating the show today. If you're listening on any of the audio podcasts, please do like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell us what you want to hear more of. It's Dubai work, so it's quite diverse, it can be any sector as long as it's a CEO, founder, or someone who has authority to speak on behalf of the business uh at that level and yeah and obviously practicing in dubai if you want to hear any industry let us know startups energy financial real estate and if you would like to watch the episode in full uh as well we're now we've now no longer put the stream on our social channels we only put it on the smashy tv app website or smart tv apps Uh, but there'll be lots of clips on this one will be on smashy home instagram and smashy business instagram thanks and back next week 11 o'clock friday mornings